Hello, dear listeners. It is I once again, DJ Starsage, and you're in store for another installment of Surely You Jest, the day-to-day life of a modern-day jester. It is a Wednesday afternoon, and I am safely and comfortably coming to you from my home office, the candy cupboard. The skies are slightly overcast out my office windows, but it is a lovely 60-some degrees out. I have the windows open, and I can hear the occasional chattering of the birds outside. So how are you, and what have you been up to? I hope that you've made it through this pandemic. Okay, that uh, you've kept your wits about you, and uh, you've gotten your vaccination, and are slowly resuming your social activities responsibly. By the way, it is June, And June, well, it's Pride Month in many places. Now, although I did grow up in New York State, the haystack, my corner of the state, it was far enough removed from civilization that the only representation of diversity in my growings up was the sparse presence of the occasional far-flung gay bar. In those days, they were considered the hangouts for the old pervs. And uh, there was the occasional rare adult bookstore, which could normally be found near the truck stops. Shady Havens. It wasn't until my second year of college that I gained enough courage to join the campus gay student union. But we were fortunate enough to not only have my residence hall director, but the college president's wife as our advisors. Despite having lived in Dallas, Texas in my early 20s, and uh, that was some of my first experiences with gay nightlife there, I didn't attend the Pride Parade in those days, no sir. It wasn't until I was nearly in my mid-twenties and living in Denver, Colorado, before I'd go to my first parade. And by the way, Denver's Pride Parade is more than a mile long. It passes through one of the country's longest business district, Colfax Avenue. And it ends at the footsteps of the celebrated State Capitol building with its golden dome. And there's a a wonderful little park across the way at the footsteps there. Actually is sort of a fairgrounds and is home to many a spectacle. Um, The Pride Parades in Denver often were a carnival atmosphere offering anything from food and beverage to information booths on the various different services for for a home and decorating and you know just your typical um, vendors selling anything from keychains to t-shirts 
Dolphin, a live entertainment act. So my first experience with Pride was while visiting Christopher Park. Now, this is a location adjacent to the famous Stonewall Inn, the location of a historic riot in Greenwich Village in the late 60s. LBJ was president in those days. Therein on display are two sets of statues depicting two same-sex couples sculpted by artist George Siegel, the son of Jewish immigrants. The statues appeared in a walkthrough sequence, and this was in the 1995 film Jeffrey. Now, mind you, uh, during my growing up in New York, I did not get to the big city, the Big Apple, until my 20s, when I was soon to be leaving the state, for a decade at least. But uh, the aforementioned film, Jeffrey, where the statues appear in Christopher Park there in Greenwich Village, well, that is the subject of our next matinee minutia. That show about film and television trivia that I do with my co-host, Toppy Smelly. So, if you are, are wanting to listen to something to put you in the spirit of pride, maybe your city's events have been put on hold due to the pandemic, or maybe you're looking forward to being able to attend for the first time in a while, why don't you drop by and participate in the discussion? This is going to take place on this Friday, June 7th at 9 p.m. Eastern. Go ahead and stop on by either matinemenutia.com or univospods.net and you can click on the tower to listen to the streaming audio. You could click on the blue controller, the game controller symbol there that says Discord, and you can participate in our chat room. And, yes, there's an and. You can also view our video on YouTube. The link's right there on our page. Jeffrey Stars in star of NBC's Wings TV series, Steven Weber. Also, Star Trek The Next Generation's very own Patrick Stewart. And there's an entire laundry list of celebrity guest appearances, including the likes of Kathy Najimy, Jason Alexander, and Sigourney Weaver. And this was a play just a couple of years before that was turned into a movie. And it's all about a gay waiter actor who finds himself considering celibacy in the uh, days shortly after the beginning of the AIDS epidemic. So the education and the reality of the importance of safer sex practices are at the height 
and poor dear Jeffrey, he's afraid of getting involved in the very scary reality of the world in that day. So stop on by and participate in the discussion and enjoy our recollections of the film. You might learn something. And uh, stay tuned. In a moment here, I'll be sharing with you a recording that took place late one evening here at Chateau Star Sage with my hubby and our guest and friend, Tommy. Hello, dear listeners. It is I, DJ Starsage, coming to you from the Starsage Acre. Yes, that's what we call it here in the backyard of Chateau Starsage, and we are gathered around the fire for a special occasion. We are calling to the spirits. We call to you. Come to us, the spirit of social life's past. Yes, <laughs> we've all been vaccinated and we want to reclaim our social lives. Hallelujah. <laughs> okay, so with me here tonight, betwixt the train tracks and uh, the fire pit, because we are celebrating with a little bonfire is my dear sweet hubby Billy, say hello. Hello. And uh, the guest of honor for this evening, our dear friend Tommy coming down from the Great White North. Say hello, Tommy. Hello, Tommy. So, <laughs> <laughs> Greetings, everyone. So we're going to get started and we're going to talk a little bit about how our weeks have been. Um, we have continued on our outdoor adventure here at the Chateau. Hubby and I have been uh, out in the yard getting a few things in the ground. And uh, Hubby, tell the listeners uh, what our latest adventures have entailed. Our latest adventures have included several thrift store runs and many more adventures in the garden. What are some of the things that you have planted lately? What are we doing? We have planted several different beds on the front part of our house that are a test for the major gardens in the back. In the front part of our house we have shade, full sun, half sun, you name it. We have dirt, we have sand, we have gravel. So we're just trying to figure out what will grow in our lovely crappy dirt. So we have a variety of different kinds of plants and mostly we're cheating. It's kind of like paint by number because, well, we found a few books that have landscape plans in them. They're older because they're not recent and they've been gently used by someone and uh, dropped off at the thrift store. So they come at uh, quite a bargain. And uh, forgive us for the uh, traffic in the background there. It's just part of the charm of 
living out here in not quite apple country we are a stone's throw from the railroad tracks i'll let you listen for a moment stick that out your back door so uh we've been doing gardening sort of paint by number style and uh, every now and then we just make the rounds and see who has what on sale and what do we need. And I've discovered the most amazing thing, half-dead plants on clearance. Yes, most nursery centers will wait until they bloom or force their bloom so people will buy them. And once they're done, they stick them on clearance. And yes, I've been buying them up. Because next year, there'll be big and beautiful yes yeah, like so many of us who aspire to be something more and uh, I'm just excited because every once in a while I get to spot this or that flowering plant that I have fond memories of from my childhood because they grew in my mother's or my grandmother's garden and hubby gets to tell me hey that's on one of the plans you can get it we're not smart to figure out the plant heights and how wide and how thick a plant's gonna get, so we like to just plant by number. And uh, most recently, other than the gardening adventure, which actually entails some planning otherwise, we, we wanted to do a, uh, a cute little sort of a gateway into the side yard, the backyard, but you know, because other people are stuck at home and are improving their properties, the cost of lumber and supplies has gone up, so there goes that idea for right now. But um, we, we found a few treasures here and there as we've gone and done our thrifting. Hubby, what were some of our finds recently? I found a 1960s Art Deco glass amber vase, which will go in our very artsy blue room. And I have found several more 3D movies for the theater. And what else have we have found? Oh, um, more books on gardening. Yes, what fun. <laughs> we also had a, uh, a, a treasure that we unearthed because, uh, well, uh, a certain company has decided to stop making a very special kind of remote control that, uh, yeah, you plug it into the computer and, okay, I know, who of you have an actual computer these days? I know you young kids, you just live off your smartphones and you don't have even a tablet or a laptop, heaven forbid. I mean, it's not like I'm expecting you to have a typewriter, for goodness sake. But anyways, we found one of these uh, universal remotes that's actually a little high-end and you have software you run because you can actually tell it the make and model of your device rather than having to look through a watch style owner's manual to figure out the code to punch in. But it has a two inch by two inch color touchscreen on it. And uh, it was a find because the company doesn't make them anymore. And um, on top of that, of course, it took some doing to get it to work because, well, when you have an older device, they don't always work the way they were supposed to when you try to plug it into a newer computer. But Hubby has an attention for detail, and 
after the computer went a few rounds with him, he showed it who was boss and got it to work. So we're excited about that because not long ago, we, we had a death in the family. No, not a real person, really. It was uh, a key piece of our home theater. Um, in uh, the shorter version of the story, a uh, receiver is what it's called. It's the mother brain of a home theater system. And basically, all those places that you plug in on the back connect to a board that's like a computer. Well, just like our um, other small appliances in our houses, they only have a certain amount of time that they work, and when you're plugging and unplugging things, it doesn't help. So it eventually decided to bite the dust. And, um, you know, like everything else in this past year, they are uh, in smaller supply, and the prices have gone up on these newer things, and they're not made like they used to be. And they're trying to push 8K TVs with new gaming devices, and unfortunately, these last two years, they're absolute crap, and they've decided to try to push it on people without testing it. Well, go figure, every single receiver in the past two years has started to crap the bed. And there are no receivers that will really work right now. And the old ones, well, I hate to say it, but one company just released a major news announcement. They're going to fix your old receiver for $600. So, screw that. Pretty much the cost of a new one anyways. And I know some of you out there are satisfied enough with your mirror soundbar and your flat screen TV. It's all lies. I, I have to remind you that here at Chateau Star Sage, we have become accustomed to the finer things in life. And by that, I mean one of Hubby's first jobs was working at a movie theater. And he had an uncle that was quite interested in uh, stereo equipment. So he got accustomed to having professional grade sound. And if you follow my other show that I do with Mr. Toppy Smelly, Matinee Minutia, I have a love of film. So of course uh, I would find someone of a similar mind and ask them to spend their life with me. But that's, that's all behind us now. <laughs> <laughs> the shorter version, not really, is that uh, we had to find a replacement and we managed to find something that was good enough that it was almost like what we had. So, um, well, as we continue on, we are going to have a brief visit with our guest, as I said at the beginning here. Uh, we are turning a page because now somewhat the worst of the pandemic is behind us. We've all had our opportunities to be vaccinated and have taken advantage of those. And finally, we are able to get together with friends without worrying that, uh, well, we're going to spread the plague for one thing. But... Um, uh, as we go on here, we're going to talk a little bit about something positive. I know, shocker. There was actually something good that came out of the past year. <laughs> I'd like to think so. I'll tell you my two cents on that in a moment. But uh, we're each going to take 
a moment to tell you uh, a little bit about something good that happened in the last year, something that we might have learned from the time that we had to ourselves uh, because we had to be by ourselves. So, hubby, if you want to go ahead and uh, um, entertain the listeners. Well, it's not necessarily learning. It was more forced. After 12 years of working for a company, due to COVID, they went belly up. They went completely bankrupt and broke. So I had to start a whole new career. Oh, what fun it is being almost 50 and starting a new career. But hell, what the hey. So I started a new job and it's a heck of a lot of work, but I'm actually finding it quite enjoyable. And surprisingly, it pays a lot more. So that's nice because we can pour more money into our yard. But starting a new job, I've had to do a lot of work and waking up at odd hours. But with all the work, it's paid off. I'm finally settling back in. So that was uh, Hubby Billy's positive note for the 2020 pandemic experience. And I step over here to the other side of our fire pit. I think he's falling asleep. Yes. <laughs> Where I am uh, just about to step on our guest of honor, Mr. Tommy from the Great White North. So Tommy, a la game show style here, um, regale the, the listeners with uh, your positive recap from the last year. I have two. One is regarding me, and the other is regarding a dear friend of mine. So, me, I've learned in the last year how much I love my cats. <laughs> um, I have six cats, and I've spent a lot of more time with them in the last year and a half. Um, and we're very tight, and they're my kids, and I love them dearly, and that's just become a better thing. Um, and the other positive is I have a friend who I'm going to call uh, Big Sexy because that's his um, fairy name and I've known him for over 20 years and in all the many years I've known him he's been desperately seeking a partner he's been terminally tragically single forever but last year about five months ago um, he met a guy and um, they instantly, literally instantly fell in love and are getting married this summer at our fairy gathering. And um, they bought a house already and they adopted a cat from me, a stray cat that I was taking care of. And they have a, a house cat now that was a stray. So um, I'm all happy for um, my dear friend, Big Sexy, and um, it's been a wonderful thing to see his dream come true. So that's two positive things that happened this year. So for those of you who may not be in the know, uh, the fairies that he's speaking of are actually the radical fairies. And historically, they are a group of men who uh, celebrate the positive things in life. And uh, if, you, if you had to give a short description of, of the fairies, tell the listeners. That's actually kind of easy. Um, it started in like the late six or the mid 60s. And um, 
it was a way for uh, homosexual men to meet up out in very rural areas, secluded areas, deeply secluded areas, where they could do what they wanted to do, dress how they wanted to dress, act how they wanted to act. No, not wanted, needed, all that is needed um, to do. And it caught on, and now there's fairy gathering locations all over the world. I go to one that's in upstate New York, and it's been operating every summer Labor Day um, for over 40 years now. This will be year 41 this summer. It's a splendid thing. We love it. Okay, so um, my moment for the pandemic reflection the past year. I've been fortunate enough that this experience has allowed me to explore what it's like to work from home. Now, um, in my youth, I used to be quite the fan of the Bill Cosby show. And for the longest time, my perception of those who worked from home were the likes of Heathcliff, Huxtable, and Claire. So nowadays, being that I'm able to work from home, I feel like a young Claire, well, youngish, Claire Huxtable, a successful attorney with a home office. And uh, with any luck, hydrogen willing, that may be a permanent arrangement because one uh, experience that many companies have uh, had the chance to learn from in the past year was that when it comes down to just getting things accomplished, it doesn't really matter where you sit so long as you're connected to that network that uh, clocks you in and pays you your check. <laughs> so, um, but also I, I have a greater appreciation now, I think, for some of the sacrifices that our parents make to raise us uh, in my experience, of course, that was that when I was born, my father made the decision to be a stay-at-home parent because at that time, his wife was able to make a better income for the family, and the expense of keeping two cars on the road, well, the math was simple. Dad stayed home and helped raise me, so I have many early memories of being uh, at home with my dad before I was old enough to attend school. And well, the past year has helped me to put things into perspective of all the, uh, for lack of a better term, me time that I've had. So, um, as we are gathered here this evening, it's a quite special occasion as I've mentioned. And, uh, we are sort of uh, revisiting um, a moment that we've had in the past, which uh, my co-host, Mr. Toppy Smelly, actually shared with you on his show, The Smellcast, not long ago, from a couple of years ago when we had a similar gathering. Now, unfortunately, uh, due to some uh, personal matters in his uh, family life, Toppy was not able to join us this evening, but we wanted to go ahead and demonstrate how much he's in our thoughts, that he is very much here with us in spirit. So we're going to go ahead and conclude tonight's show with a regaling chorus from 
some might say a famous musical. A one, a one, a one, two, three. We, we love you, Toppy. Oh, yes, we do. We love you, Toppy, and we'll be true. When you're not near us, we're blue. Oh, Toppy, we love you. And that is, and that is all for now. I will bid you adieu and let my hubby wish you a fond farewell. Great day. This has been an Alibug production. Chubb's gone wild with Matt and Tom. Speak up. The smell cast. My tummy smelling. Be heard. Tastes like burning with Tim and James. Unique voices in podcasting. The Shy Life Podcast. With me, Paul the Shy Yeti. Univazpods.net.